Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. Hey, everybody. Episode 92. Jeff with you, Shane and David and Kevin on the the DJ here on the DJ turntable there. Official sound engineer. Guys, we're, we're getting to triple figures pretty soon. What did you say, 92? 92. You're not listening? or <laughs> What were you doing? <laughs> I'm just following your lead, right. Jeff. Just following yeah, so your lead. We're going to get to 100. We are. we got to figure out what it looks like. I'm not we're sure we celebrate. know yet, but it, it's out there, Come as up you with said. big. But, you know, I'm, a, I'm assuming we're going to get to 100. And that's when At episode 100, we'll interview Jeff Henderson. There we, there we go. Yeah, I've been waiting the whole time. The whole time. So y'all, y'all got through 99 guests before you get to me. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get to 100. And that's kind of what, what I want to talk about today in this podcast is people assume that they're going to finish. They assume they're going to finish well. They assume that, hey, things are going well. It's always going to go well. And we've all had, everybody has examples of leaders who haven't finished well. We've been in a season of that right now where a lot of leaders that we admire, uh, even though we may not know them personally, uh, they have not finished well and kind of knocked themselves out of the game. So we're going to talk about that. We talk a lot about how do you grow your business? How do you launch your business? But if, uh, as we've, one of the early episodes, we, we said that really you are your greatest obstacle <laughs> to to your success. And so we're going to talk about how to finish well. You can well. be. You can be. Right? You don't have to be. Right, right. You can be your greatest, one of your greatest strengths. Absolutely. But um, unknowingly, you could be, to your point, and thanks for correcting that, David, you could be your greatest obstacle. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going we're gonna to keep it real and just talk about some some ways that, that we've learned and some things that we're trying to make sure that we finish well. And uh, we're a little further ahead in the road in Kevin. So for those of you that whatever age you're at, we think this episode's going to be going to be very very helpful for guys. For those of us in our fifties, though, this becomes an increasingly, I think, big issue because you want to finish well. So, Dave, I'll, talk- I'll let you answer, David. I'm not fifty yet, so <laughs> if you want to say something, you're getting close. But uh, you know, as you as as you've seen some some leaders that we've admired, um, not necessarily finish well, kind of knock themselves out of the race. What are some things that come to mind? Uh, just sad, you know. It's just really sad because they've done some incredible things. They've made a meaningful contribution, but they're not enjoying it like they could. And we'll talk about this, but in some cases, they just weren't being totally honest about everything that was going on in their business or in their life. And they probably bought into this um, lie that they could get by with that. But And they may for a while. But the truth is going to surface. And which, it, it's, at some point in time, it's going to catch up. It is. And I think that's why we, we've kind of entitled this, let's keep it real. Even the, even the bad stuff, let's deal with it. Let's put it on the table. Let's keep it real because it's going to come out at some point. Mm-hmm. So we'll break down um, how we would suggest launchers go about that. I would say, um, as you pointed out, if you're in the early stages of a launch, you kind of are the brand. And you've got to be careful uh, not to put up some facade that's just not real. Mm-hmm. If I you think, want people to I trust think, you and follow you. I think it's a good reminder, too, that all of us are leaders, right? I mean, it's not just because you're launching, you know, maybe a business or an idea, but you're 
I don't care if you're a part of a small team that's working on a project. At some point in time, you're going to be given leadership responsibility, and you you threaten that opportunity to influence with these missteps, with these lack of this lack of judgment at times. And we're going to give you five principles essentially to kind of dive in to keep you on track, so we can keep it real as leaders, and so that we can have the most influence moving forward. Can I have one other thought, Jeff? Um, this has surfaced. I've been reading a number of biographies, stories of folks that have done incredibly good things, some that have had incredible falls uh, from success and grace. But just if we just put this on the table, I think the context behind this is we all have our challenges. We all are flawed. Our businesses, uh, we're going to make mistakes. And, and so we're, I think we're challenging our listeners. Let's don't delude ourselves into thinking that we're above all that or that our businesses are perfect, that our businesses don't have setbacks. That is common to all of us. So, hence, what do we do about it? And that's what I think we can talk about a little bit today. Mm-hmm. And I think what's ironic, too, is a lot of this is driven by success. Not that success is bad, but I think when you get successful, you're like, you know, you've overcome odds. Well, these things that you think could drag you down, you're like, ah, oh, I can get around it. So, I don't have to be as open. Um, and that's the the Abraham Lincoln quote that nearly all of us can stand adversity, but if you want to test someone's character, give them power. That's where this whole thing begins to, to, to eat away. And, and these leaders that we've seen that haven't finished well, that's part of it. They, they, they couldn't – they got so much success, but some ways around it perhaps they just thought they could get around some, some life principles. They want to protect that power. Right. They want to protect an image. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't feel like they can uh, acknowledge – um, a shortcoming or a mistake or a, fa- a failure. Mm-hmm. And yet, what successful uh, business leader has not experienced failure? Absolutely. Probably yeah. grown dramatically and may be successful in large part because of the failure. So why are we so afraid of that? Right, right. So in essence, one of the things we're talking about is uh, your personal brand. And we, we've talked a lot about that on Launch University. And we want to just remind you, we have a free personal brand assessment. And all you have to do is text BRAND, B-R-A-N-D, to 345-345. That's BRAND to 345-345. That'll give you a personal brand assessment that you can take. And again, we, we've talked about this on Launch University before. But um, you know your personal brand, your 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 emotional intelligence—it's such a huge part to you being the leader that you want to be. So, guys, what we're going to do is go through five um, opportunities, if you will, to for us to keep it real. And uh, David, you've mentioned this one. You listed this one. Self self awareness is a must. So, talk about that. Yeah, um, we have got to be honest with. Our customers, we've got to be honest with the people that we work with. We need to be honest with our family. But first and foremost, we've got to be honest with ourselves. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we've got to really embrace this idea of self-awareness. Um, I think that can manifest itself in different ways, just stopping long enough to reflect What went well? What did not go well? Where am I relative to the goals or the objectives that I set for myself or the business? Some people like journaling. I'm not really a journaler. It's probably a discipline I need. I think you do a lot of that. My wife does a lot of that. But what I do like are assessments, and that's another tool. And I think we've even talked about this in a a recent podcast. I I went through a mid-year assessment process that was really helpful in helping me understand 
what was going well, and I, and, and I needed to continue those things that were uh, working, but where was I off, and I needed to uh, have some intervention to make adjustments. So self-awareness really, I think, comes down to the idea of be honest with yourself. Specific to self-awareness, I think that a great place to get started there is literally to ask the people around you if that's on a small team or a project or whatever. I mean, I have a really, and this kind of bleeds into our second point around seeking feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the privilege of working with an unbelievable leader. So, Tim, if you're listening, I'm really talking about you. <laughs> but what I love about him the most is anytime he's done doing anything, the very first thing he asks is, Okay, how could I have done that better? How could I have gotten better? Like, what is it I could have done? What would you have done differently? And it's humbling because you're like, really admire this guy, but at the same time, he's coming back and he's seeking feedback immediately. And I think that's a that's a lost art for for some leaders as they begin to achieve success. They forget that oh, how I got here was actually getting some feedback that helped me get here, and they lose that opportunity. And in doing so, I think they they creates bigger and bigger blind spots. Mm -hmm. And that becomes ever so more dangerous when you're trying to lead people. If you have blind spots and you're not inviting people into those conversations to give you feedback about that, that can be really scary. I had that experience with Tim, uh, Tim Tosopoulos, president of Chick-fil-A, just a few months ago. He came to speak at one of our Gwinnett Church staff meetings. And afterwards, he and I went to lunch sat down, ordered our chips, and he goes, okay, tell me what I could have done differently with that talk. And so there, there you are, you know, so it's that give me feedback. And, you, but you've got to, here's the thing, you got to have some thick skin and you got to have the humility to go, I can get better. And, 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 and Tim certainly has that. So can I jump in? We've referenced this before in our show notes, but Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, mm-hmm. which differentiates a growth mindset, someone that knows there's opportunity to do better and to just like Tim modeled embraces feedback to, to grow how they thrive versus someone with a fixed mindset. That's all about protecting an image and is afraid of hearing critique. They don't grow and flourish. So that, that's a great resource. Yeah, that's can... a great reminder because the, the fixed mind, mindset is all about the outcome. The yep. growth mindset is all about the process. Yep. So go back to, hey, how do I get better? Thank you. I appreciate the kudos on the outcome, but I'm most interested in how I get better. And that's a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Can, can I add one more thought here? Um, first, a little shout out to Shane's son, Joseph, who recently made it through Ranger School. But one of the lessons that we can take from the military is they always do an after-action review. And I think one of the reasons they always do it is because they understand people's lives are on the line. And if we had that same discipline, I think we would be better in our businesses, better in in all of our dealings, quite honestly. And I think one of the principles that comes through in an after-action review is it's it's almost a one point in time where they set rank aside and you can share helpful critique up and down the chain. So what I take from that is you may be the leader how open are you to the feedback from the people that are working underneath you? Do they know uh, that in those moments they can be um, completely candid with you? Do you? Have you created an environment that, that uh, fosters that kind of candor? Yeah, just to build on, it brought back a memory from what Joseph shared about Ranger School, but kind of going back up here to the self-awareness piece, what's really fascinating, I can't imagine, I haven't tried this in, in business, but it really works well in the military. I mean, literally after every exercise, they rank order every single person in that platoon. 
So there is somebody that was first, and there was somebody that was last as a team member. You talk about self-awareness. Like very quickly, it's like if you're towards the bottom, you start asking questions. Okay, how? What did I do not do well? It wasn't my attitude. What did? I, what went wrong? Because they have to have very self-aware leaders in the field of battle. Otherwise, they get headstrong. They move forward without input and feedback, and it can be really dangerous. And that's what happens to us on Sundays. You know, we'll have a, our first service, then we'll go upstairs, and they'll go, okay, so, Jeff, you, you said this wrong, or you need to tweak this, or, hey, that was good. So, But then you got another opportunity coming up in just a few minutes. Can I share just one more word to our launchers? So many times launchers are so passionate about the product they've created or the service that they've developed, and it's hard for them to hear that it doesn't land on a customer like they hoped. But if they recognize when someone shares feedback, it's a gift. It is really a gift. Just like in in your example, Jeff, what you learned from the first service is going to make the second service probably better. And the people that attend, you'll connect at a higher level with those folks. As launchers, we've got to understand that even though someone's talking about our baby, there's an opportunity to learn and tweak it, maybe make it resonate with customers in a better way. Feedback's a gift. And along those lines, I would tell you that probably 98% of the time when we have, because at the end of the the day on Sunday, the question I'll get from our team is, which message do you want to post online, the first one or the second one? I would tell you 98% of the time it's the second one because of the feedback after the first one. Yeah, And that feedback makes the second one better. But guys, I want to take it down a little bit dive this down a little bit deeper in the sense that it's one thing to say, hey, how could I lead that meeting better? How could I increase sales? That's really, that's important, that's production and that's output. But I think what got these leaders in trouble wasn't that. They were performing these tasks at a good level. There was a personal thing. So I think there's a deeper personal part of this that's having, who are you, who are you having in your life that you can go deep with? Kind of like, you know, before we got started, Kevin asked you, Shane, you know, who is it in your life? And you're like, you said, you guys, you know. So what can leaders do to have the kind of the more deep personal questions and feedback going? Well, if I can, I may even just try to begin to introduce this third point of acknowledging struggles and challenges. I mean, this whole idea of let's keep it real, that is, you need to be real. And um, you asked a really good question. I think you have to figure out who is it in your life, whether they're phone calls away or it's a group of folks that you spend time with, who, who do you have in your life that you can truly admit, I'm struggling in this, I have a challenge in this, hey, as, as hard as it may be, I'm having trouble at home, and this is what that trouble looks like, and this is what I feel like, and this is I'm angry or I'm upset or I'm thinking about doing something that I don't need to be doing. Who do you have in your life that you can share some of these challenges and struggles? Because I really do think that transparency, that vulnerability, that's where it starts. You have to do that. And if you don't, that's when trouble can begin to – because you, you get really private. You get self-centered. Um, that's when mistakes can really start to happen. Yeah, I would say before Launch University was a podcast and – and before we actually met Kevin, which has been a life-changing experience in and of itself, I might add. But Jeff, Shane, the three of us met on a regular basis. And one of the reasons we met was for accountability, to talk about the, the difficult circumstances we were wrestling with, to seek counsel from one another, to encourage one another. And 
and and we still have those conversations. We need those conversations, and we've tried to create settings where it's safe uh, to share things in confidence. I mean, I think it's safe to say all of us have suffered some degree of depression at some point in time, Mm -hmm. whether that was from home life or work life or what have you. There were just those valleys. We all have If you're not sharing that with somebody, you become less self-aware. You do not seek as much feedback because you get... You, you become more and more in tune to what's going on to you, and you're not allowing people to kind of speak life into you. And I, and I do think it starts with kind of sharing some of those challenges and struggles for sure. And we have all performed poorly, and we have all behaved badly, and, you know, and on and on. And you need to talk about those things, and, and we need to make sure that we always have permission to call one another out when we have not necessarily asked for it. I mean, it's as simple as being able to have somebody to go, okay, I said this to a coworker, and I, th- I think it was fine. What do y'all think? And then you turn around to me and say, man, that sounds like you're a jerk. Like, oh, shoot, I need to go back and apologize. It's just having somebody get feedback from, but it starts with your vulnerability to kind of share, I think I may have messed up, or I know I may have messed up, or I'm thinking about something that maybe I should or shouldn't. Give me some feedback. Mm-hmm. Our mutual friend John Woodall says that when you have something like that, it's a, it's a, maybe it's a secret or struggle that you haven't shared. Once you share it and put it on the table, it loses a lot of its strength in you. Just by put it, bringing it into the light, when you bring something from the darkness into the light, it loses a little bit of its power over you. Oh, and that's so, good. So this is what we're talking about. So self-awareness is a must. Seek feedback because it's a gift. Acknowledge struggles and challenges. Be real. And then a number four, submit to accountability and invite it. Shane, what, what, is, what, what are we thinking about there? Well, I think if you're going to invite people into your life, you do need to uh, submit to accountability. And, it, and what, what that means is, is listening to them and taking heed of that advice because you trust them. I think back, this is, we keep going back to this example sometimes, but I think back to that example of, you just ask us, what car should I get? Now, here I am, this lead pastor to church, and what car should I buy? And I mean, unfortunately, we told you not to get the BMW, <laughs> and you opted for the Volvo that ended up breaking down at some point. But um, that's <laughs> a whole other conversation. Yeah. But I do think there's, there is a piece of this where if you're inviting people in, then you, you need to listen, and you need to heed some of that advice at times. I'm not saying you necessarily agree all the time, but that's part of these relationships. And so if you think about the business world and you think about the roles that you have, there are going to be times when somebody says to you, listen, you need to back off, man. I'm your, I'm your friend. I'm telling you you need to back off. Are you going to heed that? Are you going to submit to that? Or are you just going to push it aside? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's where it starts. Now, you were telling us about a book that you recently read, Bad Blood. You want to talk about that? Oh, my gosh. The story of Elizabeth Holmes. You may have heard of the story about the company called Theranos, the blood testing company. If you have not, I I, I rarely uh, recommend a a book of this nature, but it, it reads like a reality show. You just cannot believe it. I think a movie's going to be coming out shortly, but so many examples of where Elizabeth just did not submit to accountability, and she didn't care about feedback. And, um, and shame for those that don't know her story, like two years ago, she would have been on the cover of Fortune, the cover of Fast everywhere. Company. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've worth about $700 million at one point in time and uh, was 
people were relating her, comparing her to the next Steve Jobs. I mean, that's how popular she was. And her biggest problem was she did not have people around her that were truth tellers. And even the people that did take a chance to give her some feedback, she didn't care to listen. She did not want to submit to accountability, and um, she ended up paying for it. Why do you think it, well, obviously part of it's people want to keep their jobs, but it seems to be the higher up someone gets in the organization, the less truth tellers there may be. And I think one of the reason, one of the many reasons you two guys have skyrocketed within the ranks of Chick-fil-A is you tell people how it is. I mean, and, but you don't seem to have a fear. Well, I, I think it's important to do that, but I think it's important how you do that. And so I tell people all the time, look, I really can't help you unless I can be honest with you. But if I'm going to be honest with you, you have to decide, can you trust me? Mm -hmm. When I'm honest with you, do I ultimately have your best interest at heart? Do I really want to see you thrive and succeed and grow? And if you believe that and you trust me, you'll give me permission to say hard things. If someone is too insecure to allow for that or they don't trust me, I, I probably cannot share that kind of feedback. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to put kid gloves on and you can tell you're not really growing like you would like to. Mm -hmm. But when there's trust, and it, I think it needs to work both ways, you can see people flourish, feed off of one another. That concept of iron sharpening iron comes into play. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a key to this is Yes, I've seen David give masterful feedback, but before that even, he invited it first. Right. Actually, from that individual, most likely. I mean, he's always been one to say, okay, what can I do better? And then to be, I want you to be brutally honest with me. Well, when you do that, when you invite that in, you create trust. And in doing so, it, it encourages the other person to invite it Back as well. And so when you come to that person and say, hey, could I give you a piece of feedback? They're much more open to that if you've allowed them to do the exact same thing with you. I, I'm most proud of some of my people when they give really thoughtful and challenging feedback to me. I have a senior leader on my team, Amanda Norris, who did this recently. She gave me some feedback and I stopped and thought and said, yep, you were right on point. And back to the point we made earlier, that's a gift. Thank you for having the courage to do that. Mm -hmm. Keep me honest on it. Call me out anytime you see it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be way better as a result. And there's a word. I don't really hear this much in the business world, maybe just because I've run more in the, the church world circles. But um, a lot of times when I hear a nonprofit leader really elevating the value of loyalty within the organization, I want you to be loyal to the organization and loyal to me. To me, personally, that there's a warning sign Ooh, on the yeah. dashboard. Because what they're saying is, is just you know do what I say or don't go there, and it's they're not inviting that feedback, and and so that's that's a warning. I don't really know if that's so fascinating. Again, the book Bad Blood that is literally the word that's probably used the most hmm. by her and her leadership team. Wow. Loyalty. So it's hmm. fascinating that you've. I, I don't think you've even read the book, but no. it it all spins out of this passion for everybody to be loyal and therefore do whatever you have to because you're loyal versus do the right thing. Right, right. Yeah. Well, finally, number five on Let's Keep It Real, don't hide behind your brand. Real breeds trust. So 
Talk about that. Can I share an example? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on a flight a couple of weeks ago, um, actually going, it was flying across the Atlantic to Europe. And uh, I'm a big Delta fan. I fly them all the time. Of course, uh, based in Atlanta, this is their home. Uh, so I really am a fan. I think they do so many good things. But we had a seven-hour flight delay. And a flight that was supposed to leave at 8.15 ultimately did not leave until 3.15. And we had to switch planes and wait on a plane to come in from San Francisco. And it was ju- just – it was a kind of a one thing after another. Uh mechanical problems then we couldn't get any of the ground personnel around to load bags and help us out it was tough but there was a captain on that plane and in my view he modeled phenomenal leadership people were, were on the verge of getting really i mean they could have been really really frustrated and they're tired it's three fifteen, and we're, we haven't taken off yet and he totally owned the situation he acknowledged, um, so he expressed a lot of empathy. He was frustrated. He said, I am going, he told us exactly what was going on over and over again. So he was very transparent. He, w- he couldn't get some of the ground people that he needed. He even came back and said, I just called the chief pilot of Delta Airlines and woke him up, got him out of bed on a Friday night in Atlanta. We are up in New York at the time. Uh, and said, I can't make anything happen here, can you? <laughs> and his crew, the flight attendants and others, did a phenomenal job. So the, the Delta team on the plane, phenomenal. They weren't trying to act like Delta uh, doesn't have challenges and they don't have bad days. And so nobody got upset. And he maintained order. And ultimately, he got us off the ground. And we were at the risk of that crew running out of time, which would have been a disaster. But he led really well. Because he, he communicated, he was real, he owned it, and that, to the point you made, that was breeding trust. And that salvaged what was already a tough situation It kept it from becoming an absolute nightmare. This was a tough trip. You had something stolen, too. So, man, you just need to stay <laughs> home for a little while, Dave. Got to live, Jeff. You're going <laughs> to learn from all that. So, Shane, anything on that? No, I mean, that was a great story. It's a great reminder. And I, I think... One of the things that hit home to me is this stuff like that's going to happen, right? I mean, Delta, I mean, we're in the transportation business. I mean, planes are going to break down. Delays are going to happen. But in the spirit of all that, you had somebody step up and go, well, let me just tell you exactly what's going on, what I'm trying to do to fix it. And I'm just as frustrated as you are. And when you hear that from a leader, it's so refreshing. So think about whatever role that you're in right now, what you're doing, what projects behind. I mean, dynamics in the business place happen all the time, right? But as a leader, how transparent can you be with your team? And don't just hide behind the problem. I mean, I've actually been in that same situation and somebody gets up and goes, well, I don't know what they're doing, but they're behind. Or, the mecha- you know, we have engine failure and the mechanics haven't showed up yet. Wait a minute. Is it their brand or your brand? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, just admit. Don't hide behind the brand. Step up and be a leader. And part of being a leader is just being vulnerable and open about where you are in the process, the challenges that you're currently having. And this is, I think, really important. What that captain did is he basically said, and we're all in this together. I'm just as frustrated as you. And all of a sudden, you build teamwork around that. I think many times people think they're doing something that is going to be in the best interest of the brand or their business or their product by choosing not to be real. And it is, it's just not, 
it's it's a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Fake is off-putting. Um, if people are trying to protect an image, they think they're going to be better off in the short run. In the long run, they will not be better off. They will not breed trust and confidence. To your point you raised earlier about loyalty, they think they're doing the right thing in the moment by choosing loyalty over real and the truth. Mm-hmm. That is not a good strategy for the long haul. So we have to acknowledge that we are going to take some lumps in the short term. We may have earned them. We may not have performed well. And, right. and so we, just, we, have, we have a setback. But if we're in it for the long haul and people see how we handle the difficult situations, hopefully that is going to breed trust, which drives growth. I can tell you you know, for Shane and I, Chick-fil-A, we serve a lot of customers every day. I know we're not getting it right. It pains us. We hate it. But we have to own it and try to fix it and not not just kind of gloss over it or, or else people won't trust us. That That's fake and that's off-putting. Mm-hmm. And that really leads us to our conclusion that your your integrity will likely govern your growth, effectiveness, and and legacy. And and one of my favorite definitions of integrity is from Henry Cloud, and and uh, he talks about defining reality and having the courage to meet the demands of that reality. And it's not you know people when they describe integrity, it's character and honesty and all that, and all that's true. But really, to define your reality and, and meet. To have the courage to meet the demands of that reality, and the demands for our reality is, it's hard to do what you're doing, and but you need a team of people around you. You're going to need a, the the opportunity to be honest and open and authentic, and all of this self awareness, self feedback, acknowledge struggles and challenges, submit to accountability and and invite it, and don't hide behind um, your brand, and um, and that's I think, guys, we as as heartbreaking as it is that of these examples that we've seen, it's a reminder that we that could be us too. You take a huge step forward when you go, oh, that'll never happen to me, and how could that happen? This is a learning opportunity for us as well. So as you have seen these examples to close, what what is there an example or, or a lesson other than these that you would say, oh, okay, that's I'm going to now do this at an, to increase this in my life to protect me so that I can finish strong and, and keep moving forward. Well, if you view your integrity as precious, what are you doing to protect it? And I don't mean make it look good. I mean to literally protect it. So mm-hmm. back to some of the things we shared, are you getting the feedback? Are you being honest with yourself? What kind of systems are you putting in place to protect it? When there's a problem are, are you owning it? Are you sharing it? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the Me Too movement, whether it's misrepresenting uh, the truth, we've seen that, you know, with huge automakers. Once you've blown it like that, it's really hard to win people back. If you didn't come out and own it, somebody else had to point it out. That's mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, again, I, I think back to so many examples of gosh, in that moment, you didn't have the right people speaking in your life to really encourage and challenge you to do the right thing. And I can remember years ago, I had a co-worker who basically plagiarized an email as his own, and it was from somebody else. And it would have been really simple in the moment to say, you know, I got that idea from so-and-so. And they didn't. And I'll be honest with you, they've 
it really hurt their career for such a long period of time. Literally for the next five years, they were kind of known as the, the, the ideal idea stealer guy. You know, it's like he'd steal mm-hmm. ideas. And I'm like, how – it's just – I know it was a misstep. We're all going to make missteps. It's just owning up to that. And then putting people around your, you know, your world to, to speak truth to you and just encourage you to, to go forward and do the right thing. And, and it is sad. And I, I, it scares me a little bit. As I look at all these leaders out there, if I'm just being completely honest, I'm like, man, that could be me. I mean, with the right amount of success – you get the wrong people around you. And when I say wrong people, I'm just talking about people that just tell you how great you are right. versus telling you how real you need to be or actually are. Man, it can happen to anybody. And so I do think this 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 concluding thought of your integrity will likely govern. I'd say it won't likely. It will. Yeah. Your integrity will govern your growth and effectiveness and your legacy as a leader and that is what's most important to me and i would imagine it's most important to you as you think about the future man or woman that you want to be let's close in prayer that was good right there from <laughs> reverend benson and um with that we're a step closer to episode number 100 right so since kevin doesn't have a microphone i'll say that we want you to subscribe to the podcast right and one of the reasons we want you to do this let us help you do what we just talked about and that's 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 what we want to be here uh, virtually for you a virtual mentor don't forget to take advantage of the personal brand assessment you want to text brand to three four five three four five guys anything else before we I think record Just thanks for number. joining us. Tell your friends. We're, we're having a blast doing this. Look forward to seeing you on an upcoming podcast, and uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it. I'd just say we've had some great messages sent to us where people just dropped us a one- or two-sentence line sharing what the podcast meant to them. And uh, I would, if you've done that, if you're a listener and you're thinking about doing that, that has been an enormous encouragement to us. So uh, we're honored that you would spend time uh, joining us. And for those that do share we love it. And one more thing. I actually think right now we're trying to capture your questions because oftentimes you'll hear a podcast like this and you go, well, what about this? Or I've got a thought. So we are taking your questions. We actually can go on to uh, launchuniversity.com and post your question. We even have a phone number there that you can call and, and leave the question as a voice recording as well. And uh, we're going to be capturing those questions and answering those in future podcasts as well. Who knows? It could be episode 100. That's that right. we answer all those questions right. that we don't know, but uh, we'd love to get those. And it, and, and it, it does mean a lot. Your encouragement means a lot. I, I was at a convention in Indianapolis recently, and somebody came up afterwards and said, hey, I'm, I listen to Launch University. I'm like, we have a listener. That's <laughs> awesome. So it's fantastic. <laughs> so send the questions, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time here at Launch University. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.